Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Play 92.9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't right now. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly as soon as it drops. We're on a rampage. Bubbles popping up before you know where there's rubble and dust. Cause we'll be pushing it up. Somebody say, everybody partly playing this uh, for Jeffrey Friday during football season normally we'd have Jeffrey's bets and he vows to be back next week yes. but he has always been of the view that this is the best fight song in the land One of our points of disagreement. I think the Michigan fight song is the best fight song in the land. But uh, Michigan doesn't play this week. Notre Dame does. And so uh, with Jeffrey out, Josephine here, and week zero upon us, the Irish play Navy in Dublin tomorrow. New Notre Dame quarterback Sam Hartman from Wake Forest and new coach at Navy. They vowed to incorporate the forward pass, Brad, into the offense. Anyway, happy week zero, everybody. And welcome to Friday. Uh, Today on the radio show, Jason Smith's going to join us in the next segment, and Chris Harrington is going to join us straight up at 10 o'clock. That's what we got today, Jason Smith and Chris Harrington, it is going to be blasted hot. I think that's the official term again today. So uh, be prepared for that. Um, we did see last night uh, the mugshot. We saw the mugshot. Have you seen the mugshot? I did. So Trump, Where, what in the what a world? Trump was booked. And 
you know, they're, they're right about the revolving door. Just a revolving door. He's out immediately. Right. You know, yeah, $200,000 exactly. bail. Yeah. Right. Felonies, like multiple charges, multiple felonies, and he's right back out on the street. Yeah. Revolving door. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> a couple things about the mugshot um, and the self-reported weight of 6'3", 215. Does he look, does he think he's 6'3", 215 to you? I thought he would be heavier than that. Of course, he, that's his self-reported weight. He's not. It's like he's not six three two fifteen. I would What's, guess he's over two fifty. I think the real question is: Is he over three hundred? His last, <laughs> yeah. His last in January of two thousand eighteen for a physical at the White House. A doctor said he was in that in that for that physical he was six three two thirty nine is what is what they listed. And what's interesting is if you're 6'3 and 240, then, uh, well, at 6'3, 239, his body mass is 29.9. That's what his body mass is. Just under obesity. Obesity. Yeah. Like just yeah, under obesity. Yeah. Because anymore he would have been obese. Yep. And so. And he got a story. And so, uh, and now he was 6'3", 239. He has not. And that, that, that was, let's be honest, that was fictitious. Yes. The 6'3", 239. Yes. So the 6'3", 215 is, in the words of uh, oh one my. of our great presidents, fake news. Way fake uh, news. Way fake news. <laughs> I did, however, I thought the mugshot, pretty impressive mugshot. As mugshots go, like, here's what you know about this mugshot. Well, first of all, like, the Trump campaign had even, they'd, they'd made T-shirts and coffee cups and things with a fake mugshot um, before this to yeah. sort of rally, you know, he's fundraising off of all of this. Of course. And so, and it's amazing how much this mugshot kind of looked like their fake. I think in this mugshot, well, two things about, a couple of things about the mugshot. Hair isn't orange. I know people like to say he has orange hair. Hair looks a very blonde, doesn't it? Well, I think in those 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 areas, the the lighting is set up to to it's mask. Bright. Yeah, it's, but anyway, so the I don't think mugshots typically look. They're not glamour shots. Let's not. No, confuse. but he's been practicing. Let's be honest. That's what my second point was. He knew exactly the face he wanted he's to make. He's been staring in a mirror. He's been staring. They've, yes. they've been doing this for the campaign. 100%. They're like, do you want to do this face? This face. This what face works best right. for us to raise money? Like a hundred percent. This this may be. I think this will be the most famous picture of Donald Trump. A hundred, two hundred, three hundred years from now, this will be the picture, the the most famous picture you've never had this before of another I president. Think that's right. And and it's also you know a key part of his campaign at this point. So there is no. You are exactly right, Brad. He. He yes he I don't even think to say he stood in front of a mirror he had his team of consultants saying which mug which face do you want and this face is a fierce determined yeah. face he looks like he's about to headbutt the camera it's it's a very aggressive scowl it's it's a good scowl if you will it's put it F that you, way it's fu I'm yeah. not going to be railroaded by a oh, uh, and let's be honest his constituents will just oh no, love this it. is just like but I actually soup. independently think it's a pretty good mugshot it's pretty good it's it's now it's mind good, you the Jeff, sadness of you. course is is that we are talking about a mugshot yes. rather than about the fact that he was president. He tried to overthrow the government <laughs> like we saw it it's funny in the uh, in Hamilton the the musical. There's a 
there's a bit, you know, we, we talk about sort of the central miracle of American democracy. It didn't used to be like this, is the peaceful transfer of power, right? Yes. It's just like, I mean, they didn't used to do this, whatever. Louis in France didn't used to do this. Louis, right. like they, they hang on to power as Even long as you can. Even though we had our problems, we come together and, and blah, blah, blah. And in, in Hamilton, there's this moment where yeah. uh, King George is laughing at George Washington for handing over power to stumpy little Sam Adams. Like, well, really? You're going to give that guy? Really? You're not going to hang? You could hang on to the power, George. And he's laughing at him because he's doing this. The central miracle of American democracy is this, is this peaceful transfer of power in accordance with the will of the people. Yep. And literally the first president in our history to try to subvert that in criminal fashion. And there's some people who just care about the bookshot. I mean, let, let, let's not get away from that fact that he tried to overturn the freaking election. But whatever, that unfolded, <laughs> that unfolded last night. And uh, so that's your news from, from, uh, from, the real, from the real world. Also news uh, is from the real world is, you see Putin had some comments on I did. Prigozhin? Yes. Who had that unfortunate plane accident? Yeah, what a... Tr- I mean, who who saw that coming? What are the odds that... Yeah, I mean, really. You know? Wow, random. And among the quotes among the quotes was, he made some serious mistakes in life. Yeah, That's what he, he said. doubled down. He said he made some serious mistakes. But that, uh, that's your way of saying, yeah. F you. Don't, don't you try this. You people, don't try this at home. Yeah. He made some serious mistakes in life. So, uh, anyway... That's it for the real world. What I wanted to talk about today, uh, I mean, we could talk about uh, college football, and, and we will a little bit. It's it's a little bit of a, uh, I'm excited for real games, and I'm intrigued by, by Navy because they, you know, an early opponent for Memphis. They do have a new coach. Yep. Um, and this is, by the way, the 97th time that, that Notre Dame has played Navy. Obviously, Notre Dame is favored by 21, I think, now. Um, and, uh, and, and it'll be interesting to see how Sam Hartman, who put up big numbers at Wake, how he does um, for Notre Dame. It's, eh, it's in Dublin. It's supposed to be rainy, I think. And, um, and so some people say bet the under. I don't know what Jeffrey would say. I'd be interested in his gambling take yeah. on this one. But I'm intrigued to see an actual football game that matters, and that's sort of fun to contemplate. But what I, but I wanted to start talking about um, at the beginning of the show was uh, President Bill Hargrave. He wrote a piece in the CA today, an op-ed in the CA today, when he was rallying the people, right? It, it, you could say that. That's putting it lightly, I would say. I'd say he was, ra- he was rallying folks yeah. to uh, the cause of the University of Memphis, and he was addressing realignment issues. Felt and, a little and desperate. All of that. I don't know that it was desperate. I'll tell you what I, I, I – it was, I guess, given the context, you could say it's desperate. It's about – the piece was very clearly timed for two things. The, the start of a new football season, the realignment discussions – and then the stadium funding. And I'm going to get to that part in a minute. In terms of realignment right now, let's be honest. It's the reason why, like when I went on Gabe's show at five yesterday, I never know what we're going to talk about. But when he said we're going to talk about realignment, 
my heart sank yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, I, I, I really, I hate the topic to begin with because I think it's a travesty and a pox on college football, but then you particularly hate it when it always goes badly for Memphis. So at this moment, there's really, with SMU possibly now leaving for the ACC, like what, and with a with the Big 12, that's done. Yeah. With it's very clearly there's not going to be some new Pac-12 with that has Memphis in it. Uh, we now have uh, the remaining remnants of the Pac-12, Washington State and Oregon State, have both talked to uh, the Mountain West and to the AAC at this point uh, about their future. And so if you're looking at what you're hoping for for Memphis, like what's the scenario now, right? A, there really is no scenario right now. But if you were to say, what is the scenario right now? Okay, find one that you're hopeful for or that you're looking for or that might possibly happen to get Memphis in a good place. I guess what you're looking for is the ACC in another year. It's very clear that Florida State is unhappy. And so maybe the ACC, even as it adds, it appears likely to add Stanford, Cal, and SMU, that it will ultimately implode. It can add all at once, but that it's ultimately going to implode because it's not forking over enough money to the Florida States and Clemsons of the world. So you can hope that that just as once upon a time you hope to catch on with the remnants of the Big 12 after Texas and Oklahoma left, now you're hoping to catch on with the ACC after, uh, after, after the big boys leave over there. I, I, is there any other scenario that you're looking at? That's, and that one's for different reasons. It depends on a lot of things happening. And by the way, it means that you'd have to get a place like Stanford and Cal, presuming, and Duke and whatever, to want to be in, in you and their conference which is I'm skeptical of. Um, but anyway, so that is there another is there another th- possibility that you're looking at? No. So really it's written about hey, it's it's got the the, the, the piece has a hopeful tone, you know, we're different, we we haven't been in past times, we haven't been ready, we're trying to make sure we're ready, etc. and I I appreciate some leadership on this. I think it's great to have to try to rally and lead and and rally the folks. And then he goes on to say two things. Uh, We are approaching a critical time in September, and we need our city and our fans to join us in seizing the moment. We have called on fans to join the Win Together promotion, which is a one-time ticket investment that nets participants a free ticket to the next game after each win. We also need supporters to show up for 901 Week as we showcase a strong, united force. Fan participation and television viewership are key factors in realignment discussions, and I'm grateful to each ticket holder and game day viewer. So basically, he's saying, we need y'all. We need y'all. This is right. That's what he's saying. You see, we need you. We need you to buy tickets. We need you to show up the game. We need you to uh, watch on TV. We need you to support. And by all means, that's great. They do. They do, by the way. They do need y'all. I was talking to one season ticket holder recently. He wrote me. It's a guy who I, uh, I often, when I go cover the first game, I walk around the stadium, and, and there's this one guy who's always in the far reaches of the stadium, and I just run into him each and every time. And he always says, I don't know why I do this to myself, et cetera, <laughs> like why I buy tickets and whatever. And, but this year he said, 
I was going to drop my tickets, but then I decided instead to buy four and I'm going to bring people with me to every game. He said, all I, I can't control, it's the old control your controls. I can't control uh, conference realignment stuff. I can't control who the quarterback is. I can't control the offense. I can control whether Ryan's the coach, whether he succeeds, succeeds as the coach. I can't control any of it. What I can control is do my part, and I'm going to buy a ticket and bring three other people. And that is admirable, right? I also think when programs are successful and draw people, it's not because the president asked them to people to show up, right? When, when, when all those people showed up uh, uh, on Beale Street for game day, it wasn't because David Rudd said, hey, we need you. You, you get out of bed. It's because they wanted to be there and because it was exciting. And when, when they came to the SMU game that night, it's because they wanted to be there and because it was exciting. And when they sold, you know, uh, when they sold tickets, Certainly, certainly when an SEC team came into town, but even apart from that, they, uh, the Duke game had 40,000, a Duke game that they lost, an opener of a Duke game that they lost had 40,000 fans. Why? Because people believed. And so in the end, while I do appreciate the call to the fan base to say, we need you, and while it is true, that's not why people support a football team. They support a football team because it's fun and because it's exciting and because it's headed in the right direction and because they believe in it and all of that. So, uh, but then the second point, and I really believe this is why this uh, piece appeared more than any other. He wrote this. Additionally, we are approaching a key facilities deadline as the mayor's office and city council work to ensure our $200 million appropriation stays on track for Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium improvements. We are grateful to our partners within the city of government, city government who have worked diligently to secure state funding for the stadium renovation. We are also grateful to our partners in the Tennessee General Assembly for appropriating this investment and prioritizing conference realignment efforts. Advancing this investment forward soon is critical to maintaining our viability in current and future realignment. So, a couple things about that. One, he calls it our $200 million appropriation. When we had Sam Hardiman on the other day, it's very clear. Like, we had a couple of pieces in the Daily Memphian several weeks ago about whether there was going to be enough money for everyone. And in the wake of those pieces, whether it was Laird Veach or Ryan Silverfield or the president or anyone else, they were completely confident that they were going to get the money. And here you see the number. They're not, they're not hoping for $150 million. They're not hoping for $100 million. The number that they are confident they are going to get and that they have their sights set on getting is $200 million. And that's what they think they will get. And they're basically saying, this has to happen soon. I think more than anything, this paragraph right here is why this piece was written. To continue to build momentum and support for the $200 million for the stadium. Advancing this investment forward soon is critical to maintaining our viability in current and future realignment. And I would be 100% in favor of that 
It's very clear the stadium needs massive work. It's very clear that um, it, it'll, it, it will enhance the experience for football fans, whether or not they get uh, into another conference. It's much less clear, honestly, that the stadium is that central to realignment efforts because the realignment thinks the ship seems to be sailing, honestly. So if you're pitching the $200 million because, hey, it's going to get us into the Big 12, it's not going to get you into the Big 12. If you're pitching, like, what is it getting you into? It's getting you into a nicer stadium is what it's getting you into. And hopefully down the road, who knows the way things work, if you have a better stadium, it, this thing isn't over. And so, like someone asked me the other day, well, is there a guarantee that if they spend this $200 million, they're going to get into a power conference? And I said, no, no, heavens no, there's no guarantee. The likelihood they won't. Let's just be honest with ourselves here. But be that as it may, if the state gives them the money, I would love a spruced up beautiful new Liberty Bowl. 100%. The problem is, is, and the challenge here is, how this relates to the Grizzlies. Because in the next few weeks, there's a couple options as to what could happen here. One... You could have a press agreement, a press conference, as some sort of announcement, some sort of news stories, whatever else, saying that, hey, we have come to an agreement. We've figured out how to do this. Here's how we're going to finance the Liberty Bowl. Here's how we're going to finance FedEx Forum. My God, everybody's happy. You know how, how Brad, on the, on the day that the money was approved and delivered, there was great celebration? My God, yeah, it was, we're going to do it. We're gonna, mm-hmm. The Grizzlies are going to be happy, and the Tigers are going to be happy, and everyone's going to be happy. And somehow, in the midst of, they, they pulled, like Jim Strickland and, and everybody, they pulled this off. Yeah. They, and, and, and there could be such a press conference in the next couple of weeks saying, we have figured this out. And maybe there's some I's to be dotted and some T's to be crossed. But here are the Grizzlies. They're happy. Here are the Tigers. They're happy. And isn't this a grand day in Memphis, Tennessee? That's one thing that could happen. The other thing that could happen is we could have a press conference saying, we have moving forward on the Liberty Bowl. $200 million. Here's the, here's the, here's the renderings. They're going to say it's a great day. We're moving forward to the Liberty Bowl. This is fantastic. Uh, we're gonna, this is going to help us get into another conference. And, and that's that. And then someone will raise their hand and say, um, what about the Grizzlies? And they'll say, yeah, well, we're still negotiating with the Grizzlies, and we're confident that it'll work out. Right? That seems, honestly, right now, like the more likely scenario. And that could very well work out fine. Odds are it would work out fine. You'd have the Liberty Bowl fixed up, they'd get their $200 million, and then they will figure out, after all, the Grizzlies lease isn't up till 2029, they will figure out the Grizzlies lease going forward. But it's very possible, if not very but it opens up the possibility. It leaves open the possibility 
as slim as it may be, that they're never going to come to an agreement with the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies are going to say the hell with you. You had this money in front of you, you decided to give it to Memphis, and so we're out of here. Again, very slight possibility that that would happen. And I have never been one to raise the specter. And to be clearly, to be clear, the Grizzlies have never raised the specter. But what you should look for in the next several weeks is whether there is a press availability and a press conference announcing happiness all around or whether there's one announcing we're going forward with the football stadium. Because if they're going forward with the football stadium and not with FedEx Forum, it means that they haven't come to an agreement with FedEx Forum. And so it leaves open the possibility that they won't come to an agreement. with. Not, not the most likely. Like they can go out, find more money, whatever else. They can go back to the state, ask for more money. And I do find it curious. I just... It would worry, I would be scared if I were the mayor, and I'm not. I didn't secure the money. I didn't like, I would be scared that I'm the one who let the Grizzlies leave. I'd be scared of prioritizing the University of Memphis's effort to get into a conference, which seems pretty fanciful, I hate to say it at this point, over an NBA team. That just seems odd to me. But maybe they know that, hey, you know, it'll work. Maybe they're, they know it'll work out. Maybe they know there's enough money here, and this is just we got to play hardball with the Grizzlies. And it'll all be fine. We got what we, got what we needed from Memphis, and now we're going to play hardball with the Grizzlies, and it'll be fine. And besides, we'll let the next mayor worry about the Grizzlies. But it seems to me to be a slightly perilous game. And so my profound hope and I do not rule this out, is that over the next few weeks that they come up with a financing plan that makes everybody happy. Because they very clearly... I, I think that is the point of this. The point, to me, as, as I read this, this uh, yeah. the point of this... It's a it, it very was, specific. It, some of it was just to, to blunt criticism yeah. or to address the realignment stuff that's swirling with Memphis is being left out again, Right. What are y'all doing? Mm-hmm. What's, what's happening? Whatever else. Some of it's just to address that. Yep. Some of it is to try to rally the folks to buy Rah-rah. tickets. And, yeah. and, 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 and by all means, yeah. I do hope that, uh, that folks buy tickets. But I think the meat of this piece is about um, trying to keep that $200 million deal on the track and rally momentum in case they have to go it alone. So, anyway, that's where we are on that. We'll talk about it with Jason Smith coming up uh, here in a minute. We'll talk uh, to Chris Harrington as well, straight up at 10 o'clock. And then we have a whole lot of other things we have to get to as well. I'll tell you, by the way, uh, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. It is also official betting partner of the NFL. So you know it's safe, you know it's secure. And as a new football season dawns, uh, right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's right. You place one $5 bet, 
and you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Bet on whatever you want. Spreads, player props, over-unders. Have fun. Go crazy. Uh, All you got to do is go to FanDuel and use promo code CAWKINS. FanDuel.com slash CAWKINS. C-A-L-K-I-N-S. C-A-L-K-I-N-S. To kick off the new season. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First, online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Back in a moment, Jason Smith joins us, then Chris Harrington, and, uh, and then a whole lot more. It is the Jeff Gawkins Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. I'm Ryan Horvath with BetQL. This weekend, Hawaii takes on Vanderbilt in week zero of college football, and I like the points with Hawaii. It's year two for Timmy Chang as head coach. Last season, they only won three games, but after their bye week, they covered the spread in seven of their last eight, and they did it by an average of seven points. Also, Vanderbilt, they have failed to cover in seven of their last ten games as double-digit favorites, and they've lost two of those outright. I'm Ryan Horvath. Bet smarter and beat the books with BetQL and download the bet app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocado like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. GM app today. Jason Smith, Jason and John, every single day from 11 until 2. Jason, are you are you ready to win together? We're all here. We're winning together. Are you ready to win together? I am. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm optimistic about this Tigers football season. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm all in and, and invested, Jeff. I can't wait to win together. You're both excited and invested but also you're, you're you're demanding too like you have set a high bar for them and your your co-host yesterday wrote a piece saying that it's the, it's the job of Ryan Silverfield to win back the masses is that fair to say that it is his job to win back the masses well i mean I, that, yeah uh, that uh, I, I think you know it's something we've we've stated a while now on the show um you know, before John wrote this, he's absolutely right. Uh, the issue is, you know, what if he doesn't? And what is that? What is that line in terms of? Yeah, it's on Ryan Silverfield. It's not on the media to, yeah, you know, 
I'll use the example, you know, we get hit, we talk about Tiger basketball. What, what, I mean, Tiger football, what I feel like is the reality right now that you need to win now. You need to be all in it. It's, oh, here, here's, here's, I've got a little bit of that this week. Here's Jason John taking a dump on Tiger's football as if it's the media's job to, to drum up excitement. It's, it's the media's job, tell it like it is. And then Ryan Silverfield's job. And you do that with the product. It's been subpar to this point. And listen, I, I'll tell you, I mean, John's talked about it on the air, so i got no problem saying it. You know, where we differ is sort of what happens if you don't, you know, win more than six games, you know, win more than six games. If you're at six and six this year, what happens then? I think that, you know, John's point and, you know, him talking to these ambassadors is that you you, you might stay in pat. And that sort of goes against, I think, the, the momentum and everything you're trying to build up that, you know, President Hardgrave was talking about in his op-ed. You know, the status quo, mediocrity, all that. And so, you know, John's point's been, well, there's not an appetite to fire him. And, and, and I understand that right now. And, I, he, you know, he tells me basically it's a, it's a, it's a money thing. But um, what I would tell you is that standing pat at this time just goes against everything the university needs to be doing right now. I don't know. It's hard to rah-rah anything they're doing right now, Jeff. Uh, that's, you know, you don't, you don't have an athletic director that, that does much of that. Hardgrave had to sort of rally the troops here, and I'm with you. You know, you sort of you you put your flag out there about the 200 million, you know, positioning, and you got to do it. But you know, other than the product on the field, everything else is pretty much out of their control. And so right now, yeah, you go back to the football season. The question you asked me, you know, it needs to be good. That's where we're at. And so yeah, there's there's no need to be poetic about this. Go win. I'm going to get, get, get to the op-ed in a moment here, but I wanted to ask you two other questions about that. Uh, one is, for just my, one of my observations about John in terms of this is, for whatever reason, he has a very fatalistic view of Memphis football and doesn't really think it can be anything. And so, whereas when Tubby was just slogging along with the Tigers, he was really anxious to fire him because he saw the basketball team, because he saw the possibility of something much greater, right? Like he believed in the potential of that basketball program. And so he said, you can't, you can't wait for six and six. Like you, I mean, the equivalent in basketball. And, but here, I, I, my assessment of, I listen to John, I listen to both, is John really doesn't believe in the ceiling for Memphis football anyway. So he didn't really see what can be accomplished. So therefore he doesn't see what any point in firing Ryan Silverfield at six and six. I, is that, is that fair? No, it's it's silly and stupid, and that's why I hope to talk with this ambassador that John's talking to next week and see where they're coming from. I, again, that's me. That's my opinion of it. You, you, it, it's so similar to the Tubby situation. I've talked about this with you, Jeff. You can sit up here and tell me who do you go hire? Freaking Justin Fuente sitting right there right now. Don't tell me you can't at least make a strong pitch to him. Hey, you come back home and we win together. And again, this is only if. Ryan Silverfield doesn't succeed. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not rooting against right. the man. I'm saying it's time to win now. But my point of staying pat, when you've literally got a guy, much like I mean, in the sense of a Penny Hardaway, there is someone to at least make a run at. And if you don't, even still, can you be the best thing outside again? The power structure. Can you sell that again? You better at least try, because I'm telling you right now, folks ain't going to get excited about going in there and playing UTSA every year and finishing six and six. They're just not going to come. And that 11500 is going to continue to drop, and everything that you gained, all that momentum will be erased, essentially, and you'll be back to where you were. Just like Hardgrave said in the op-ed, a lot of it's positioning, but you've got to try. And so this idea that you're just done with Memphis football before you give it another shot, 
I'm not saying, Jeff, that it'll ever be what it was. I think John might be right there. There's a good chance you'll never get a game day in here again. And I understand how deflating that is. But you can't stay deflated. I mean, that, that, that's let, the let me story ask you of this. Memphis. That's the story of Memphis. Back I, I'm with you. I'm, by the way, I'm with you on all of this. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Is, I'm, I, I, what I really meant is, it, is that an fair assessment of what John believes? I don't think it's a fair of what. But anyway, but let me ask you this. We, sure we, we, we hold Ryan Silverfield responsible for the decrease in attendance. You know who else has had a decrease in attendance? Penny. Everybody. Penny. Well, Penny, yeah, we don't ever yeah, call. No, we don't yeah. ever say Penny. You're, what are you doing there? Like, come on, man. Like, you gotta. If you don't get the masses behind you, like, do we have a double? Of course, Penny is quote unquote succeeding at least at some level on the court in a way that if people don't come out, you sort of say, well, what are you? What are you going to do? Like, Penny's out there. He he promotes the program and he's succeeding on the court. So it's a little harder to hold him responsible for the fact that season tickets there have also gone down. And by the way, they've gone down there. Only relative to, to the to the to the to what he got them up to, but by being hired, like they haven't gone down relative to the Tubby Smith era. They've gone down relative to the peak of the Penny Hardaway era. So eight nine in an eighteen. First off, eight nine. The math on that eight nine, whatever it is, nine thousand in the eighteen thousand uh, seat arena. When you've got to pay seat donations, is a lot. It, it's really, it doesn't compare to me to eleven five. And you, what you shouldn't have to fill, whatever it is, 55 should be 30. But it, 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 with no seat donations, no, you know, that it, it's, it's different. Where you're right is that attendance is falling. Where it's different is the product on the court. There's all kinds of reasons for attending, attendance falling across the college athletics. We know that. And especially now because of the television option. So everybody's facing that. The thing Penny Hardaway's got going for him is momentum. You know, uh, uh, the fact that, it, you know, through five years here, he's essentially got the same record as Cal. And in terms of roster construction, you put him up against anybody in college basketball right now in these times of college athletics, and he can compete and go get his guy. And so, yeah, yeah, you know, yes, you can point to there's a decrease in both. Is there a double standard here? But I'd ask you the other way. I'd push back and ask you, you know, in terms of the standard penny is held to, let's just go back to six and six is okay. What, what are we talking about here? And we know it's, it's the cash cow for Memphis and always has been and has to be at a, you know, held to a higher standard, I suppose, uh, when it compares to college football. But, my God, if Penny isn't making a, a second weekend this, this, this year, are we writing, man, is it ever going to happen? Whereas, you know, with football, what are we saying? So, I mean, if there's a double standard, you could flip it the other, ramp, the other way and say we hold Penny to a much higher standard than we do to that, that Tigers football coach. So in the op-ed today in the CA, uh, the president of the University of Memphis uh, wrote an op-ed sort of rallying the troops and pointing towards, hey, this is critical for realignment, that people show up, and that we get the money for this stadium, basically. That's what he's saying. Is it a little – you tell me. What, where are they rallying to get into right now, Jason? What's the, what's the, yeah, what's well, the there's, target? There's nowhere to go. It does, it, it does feel like too little too late. I do feel like you have to say this, though, because, again, you're at a point where you've got to get up off the mat. You're going to sit there and, and nobody's saying anything. AD's not talking. You know, and, and, again, it has to be. No one's going to you – know, you're not going to fill up an arena with, with folks, you know, rah-rah and saying, yes, the time is now. Let's push. But someone has to do this. And so – from that standpoint, I get where Hardgrave is coming from. My thing is just, you know, when you throw out the $200 million that you're hoping to get, and again, I realize, you know, yeah, the state's giving you 350 here, and 
the Grizzlies, as you pointed out, are really the ones with the leverage. I, I just hope that it's not a situation, and I was listening to you discuss the scenario, where it becomes a public pitting. Because because the university that I graduated from and loved so dearly covered all that, that you know means so much to this, this city, you're not in a position where you can fight them right now uh, on this. And so if, if it becomes a, well, the Grizzlies out of that 350 are going to take everything, and all of a sudden, like, you know, we, we've got 50 million. We, we, we thought we were going to have 200, and, you, and you, you're in any way painting them, right, in a negative light they're taking from us. Is that a good thing for what, I mean, we're in a position, listen, I'd love for the situation to be different where both entities operated separately and Memphis had, you know, the University of Memphis had its own in terms of place to play. But you have to be in a partnership with them. And so, listen, I, I'm sure this will all work out. I'm hopeful it's what you said, that, that President Hargrave's got a pretty good feel that they're going to they're gonna come awfully close to that and we're not set up for an issue here where it looks like the Grizzlies are taking from the University of Memphis. But just that that's the part of this that I just – when I read that, I just uh, allowed. Yes, you got it. It's positioning. You got it. We've been promised this two hundred. We get it, but we know too that the Grizzlies have the biggest hand in this. And you're telling me that they're going to sit back and and let you take, you know, all of that out of that state money and and figure out the rest. I think you know. I, I just look at it from the standpoint: the state gave the Titans five hundred million for this new stadium. What did what you know for this new stadium that's eventually going to bring in a Super Bowl? You got 350 that you've got to split. And all of a sudden, we think that, you know, the Memphis is going to get the, the vast majority of that, the University of Memphis, over the professional team. When the, the professional team in Nashville just got, you know, it's, it's, it's King's ransom from the state. And so, again, it, it's, 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 it's positioning and everything else. I just hope it, it's not setting up a, a public fight. Well, the unfortunate part about it is, is that, and I think, I think it's to everyone's credit that there has not been much of a public fight because there is a pot of money and it's going to go one place or another. Mind you, there's still the baseball stadium and the soccer stadium, right? But that, so, that the, so, so there is a pot of money and unlike the Titan situation, there that when there's a pot of money, there is a who's going to get it. That's just like sadly – Every dollar that goes to the Grizzlies is not going to the University of Memphis. Every dollar that goes to the Memphis is not going to the Grizzlies. The state, doing it the way they did it, doing whatever, is created this pitting. And I don't know who was pitted against who. I think it's, I think it actually makes, like it makes both, it's awkward for both of them. Like it's very awkward for well, the Grizzlies. It's most awkward for Strickland because he's the one with, the, I mean, he's got the ties to both. And I realize he's on the way out, but. You know, I, it just feels like, you know, how much of that have you told this university that you love so dearly and supported for so long? You know, he's the one in the middle that doesn't have enough and has got to try to figure it but out. But I'm not and sure the Grizzlies- that the leverage, you may say that the Grizzlies have the leverage. And we would all logically think, I hate to say this, I've said this before, as a sports team, they're more important than the Memphis football team. They just are. Let's be honest. Now, I'm not saying the Grizzlies are more important than the University of Memphis as an entity. As an entity, the University of Memphis is more important than the Grizzlies. But the Grizzlies are more important as a as a team than Memphis football. It goes without saying. It's hard to even believe that would be an argument. So you would think the Grizzlies would have the leverage in this. But it seems to me that if it works out that the mayor is going to say, you get your $200 million, we figured out, we'll figure out the Grizzlies later, then it seems like maybe in the end the University of Memphis had much more leverage in this or leverage or at least a much bigger proponent in the mayor, if that's how it works out. 
Yeah, what are the chances of that? What are the, I think pretty what, good. Okay, okay. I mean, if you're if you're telling me the chances of that are pretty good and it gets worked out and no, 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 no. I think the chances. I think the chances are pretty good, or at least reasonable. I'll tell you what I fear. What I fear is this is what, what I hope is that it all works out, and I'm not ruling that out. That's what I want to happen. Of course, everyone's happy. We have a press conference. My fear is. You take care of the University of Memphis because they're more immediate. They're the problem right now. You can do that. You can give them their $200 million and say, we'll figure out the Grizzlies later. And you haven't figured out the Grizzlies, and it then opens the door for them to leave. I think that is a real fear. That is my fear is that's the way it will play out. Yeah, that'd be a a terrible plan, man. Because, yeah, ultimately, I suppose the University of Memphis – and and the, and how deep those roots go mean more to the city, but we've become a fresh a professional uh, uh, town now because of the Memphis Grizzlies. And in the end, to me, they're, uh, that that's what you have to defer to. They're the ones with FedEx form that needs to be renovated. If you're putting them on hold to give them nothing later, and Para's not that dumb, if you're putting them on hold to give them nothing later, what position are you in then? What position is the mayor, the new mayor, in then? Right with this this. This, uh, uh, with this, what I would feel was like a, a huge mistake in terms of the way you handle that. You handle it, uh, again, if it goes down, like, you, you, better, you better have it pretty good on paper to pair in those guys that with, when you say you're going to take care of them later, that it gets done. Because that, you, what are we talking about? That's a war. That's a team. That's making an, an owner, you tell them one thing and we'll see what happens. What do you think is going to happen? I, I, what it is is rinky-dink to take care of the Memphis football team ahead of the Grizzlies and say we'll figure out the Grizzlies later. That would be. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying, I'm saying My hope is that they happen. work it out. Oh, yeah, it's clearly. I mean, surely we won't get to that point. Oh, I think That'd we be, could. If yeah. we get to that point, it could be in the next month and a half. It could be like we could. They in the end, we are to the point where they have to either come an agreement with the Grizzlies and the Tigers and whatever else, or the, I think they're going to go ahead with the Tigers. Well, that's my point. Why aren't we all sitting down together? It doesn't that make you leery enough? The fact that we haven't had well, they are sitting down. They are right. Well, the fact that we haven't had the press conference already, Jeff. That's the point. It does. I mean, yeah. Any idea you leaving the Grizzlies hanging, uh, leaving them high and dry, and waiting till later, you know, without without pair feeling really good about it. I'm just that. That's a war right there. You don't want that. <laughs> uh, Mikey Williams, what do you make of that? What do you make of the Mikey Williams situation? Well, what's the, all well there's no real latest. It's just like uh, yeah, exactly. people tell you I, he's in town and he's hearing he's coming up. And, let me tell you something. Let yeah. me tell you something. You don't have to ask me about Mikey Williams again unless he is getting <laughs> eligible or whatever else. Because Penny Hardaway has constructed a roster now where Mikey Williams doesn't matter. Unless you're talking about a deal where Penny's going to take him for two years and Mikey would have to, you know, this is after felonies would have to get dropped. I mean, it, it's. You know, Mikey Williams is, for my part, a non-storyline with this team right now. It's we'll see what happens with him. Feels like they're gonna eventually have to cut him loose, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with this preliminary trial. That's what September preliminary hearing. That's September fifth or whatever. That that's it's a credit to Penny Jeff that we don't have to talk about Mikey Williams. Isn't it good? Yeah. All right, I appreciate it, Jason. Thanks very much. Take care, brother. Yeah, Jason Smith. Uh, what was interesting to me, most interesting to me about that conversation, was. Like, Jason could not fathom that they would move ahead with the Tigers and not with an agreement with the Grizzlies. Like, he he was worried that the University of Memphis was going to be... But, I, but he the notion that there would be 
a decision to go ahead and take care of the Liberty Bowl without having a disagreement in place so you know that the Grizzlies are happy. We didn't even, I was trying to, he didn't, couldn't even get his mind around that. Like, well, that, that, well, that's ridiculous. That can't, and I'm I, like, I, I don't, I don't mean that to his discredit. I just mean, to me, that illustrated how preposterous it would be to do that. It would be totally preposterous. And so, I guess we'll just remain. I mean, can you imagine if, if the, uh, if, if uh, whatever, pick. I don't know, like in Oklahoma. I don't. I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out uh, uh, the the kind of. You know, if the city of New Orleans said, "You know what? We want to take care of the Saints here, but Tulane needs a new football stadium," <laughs> right. uh, and so we'll let the Saints hang out there and be unhappy and do whatever. Well, we're taking care of Tulane. Now, it's not the same, and I don't Private, mean that yeah, because, but yeah, because Memphis it. means a lot more. I've made that point a lot yeah. over the years. Memphis, the University of Memphis means a lot more to this universe, to this city, than Tulane means. It just does, than Tulane means. So that's not perfect. It's not perfect analogy. It's also like if you said uh, in Orlando, we'll let the magic hang out there while we take care of UCF, or we'll um, – that's maybe more like it. That's that's probably closer. Yeah. It just seems almost inconceivable to me that they could decide. I'm not sure I'm not saying they have. I'm saying there are various paths here. And one of the paths, the path that we hope everyone goes down is the path of we are going to get everyone so they are mostly happy and everyone on board and we've got it all taken care of. And no, everyone isn't totally happy. And if you take these people aside, they'll grouse that they didn't get this much. And if you take these people aside, they'll grouse that they didn't get this much. But everyone is fundamentally happy, and we got this amount of money, and and we're we're going to go forward. Um, that is my hope, and that in the next month that we get there, the part that would really be—that's why I brought it up—is sort of inconceivable to me. But but I don't think it is – I think it is a possible path is to say if you've reached a possible – not one that I would go down. But I can imagine a path whereby they'd say, listen, okay, we can't – the Grizzlies are being – we can't reach an agreement with the Grizzlies. We're just going to go ahead. We, we got to get started on the football stadium stuff, and so we're going to start work and we're going to give them $200 million, and we'll figure out the Grizzlies later. I think that is a real – among the various things that could happen is a thing that could happen. And as someone who wants the best for the city, that would not make me, that would not, that would not, that would not please me. I was interested that Jason really also had no interest in discussing the Mikey Williams situation. None. Yeah. Because it is weird how, like, you'll see on social media that he's like, Around popping up, pop, pop up and yes. oh yes. whatever here whatever and I I I have no need for them to have Mikey Williams on this team none none zero zero uh, to have Mikey Williams on this team and uh, I honestly don't even just purely even if he like just from a basketball perspective you don't need Mikey Williams on his team um, but uh, 
but it hasn't like completely gone away. Uh, I will say that it has not co- gotten completely uh, gone away. Hey, it's going to be hot this weekend, and uh, over at O'Call, they've been winding down the semi-annual sale at O'Call, uh, and uh, last days. But but here's what it means: it means they have completely reloaded, and yeah, that's what they do. They clear out out with the old and with the new. And right now, uh, this is a perfect. It's zero. It's week zero. It's perfect. You got college football, but you don't have so much college football that you're going to be just obsessed. Right now, there's no local college football game, so you're not going to be driving down to the. You're not going to be heading down to the Grove. Or you're not going to head in Tiger Lane. But soon you will be. Soon you will be. You're going to go to the Grove. You're going to go to Tiger Lane. You go over, drive over to Knoxville, wherever it is you go for football, and uh, they have beautiful, beautiful clothes. It'll look great in the Grove. Uh, look great on Tiger Lane. Will look great over in Knoxville. You'll be comfortable, uh, and uh, and so this would be this week zero really is probably the best weekend to get into O'Call. Honestly, I went to uh, I went to Bog and Barley last week for the for the private opening of their brunch, and they're starting a brunch service now open to the public uh, Sunday. And uh, so uh, you can't go to O'Call Island is open on Sundays, but you could go to Bargain Barley Saturday. You could go to you could pop into O'Call and then one of the most beautiful restaurants, honestly, in the city, and uh, and just be glad you live in the city of Memphis. O'Call is a, it's not just a great store in Memphis; it is one of the country's great clothing stores. And some of it's because the clothes are absolutely beautiful, and a lot of it's because the people are otherworldly. Like, they're incredibly helpful. They know what they're doing. They've all been there, you know. A lot of them have been there for decades, honestly. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 